Hello, hello, hello. Welcome once again to another episode of It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. We are the weekly Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show. Meow. I always want to do that. Meow. Meow Show. And we're back again. This is January the 24th. And it just seems like, God, three weeks of the whole new year has already gone by so fast. And even though we here in San Francisco have been drenched with the rain over the last week, um, I have to say it is moving along very quickly. Before you know it, it's going to be Christmas again, and we're going to be coming and doing our holiday show once again. But I'm glad that you joined us for this. We've got some great, great, great guests today, and so I'm going to go right into telling you who we have. Um, we have actually the very first trans person ever appointed to the Trevor Project Board of Directors. Um, we're going to be joined um, first up in our interview segment with uh, Michaela Mendelssohn, who um, also happens to be an entrepreneur, and she's the um, the owner of a, a, fr- a string of uh, she's a franchisees of Poy. Um, what's it called? Poyo del um, the Chicken Place. I feel bad that I don't know this really well. Um, but you'll you'll get it in, in, in when I come back because I'm going to remember it when I do the in, when I introduce her later. Okay, um, but we have her on the show, and it's a very very good interview that we taped earlier. And then I'll be joined live and real in living color by the creators and producers of a wonderful wonderful musical called Mighty Real, a fabulous Sylvester musical, which will be coming for the second time, to San Francisco uh, beginning the week of February the 16th and until March 13th. I'll be speaking with Anthony Wayne and Kendrell Bowman, and um, uh, I can't wait to get to that. But I'll get right back into the interviews as soon as we take this quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. If you just joined us, this is B.B. Sweetbriar. It's everything. We are the Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show, and we're ready to kick off our very first interview for today, January the 24th. I had the opportunity to come across, um, you know, I, I have an opportunity all the time to come across some very wonderful people doing wonderful things in the world today, and particularly for um, some of the struggles that 
uh, individuals in the LGBTQ community happen to go through. And so when I actually came across this next person, I, I just couldn't wait to hopefully get an opportunity to have her on the show um, because she is a trailblazer and has become the very first trans person on the board of directors for the wonderful Trevor Project. And we all are familiar with the work that they do um, for our youth in the LGBTQ community and those who are con contemplating suicide or going through struggles as it comes to dealing with uh, their true identity or the, uh, how they want to be identified. And um, so I came across this person and I definitely reached out to um, have her on the show. Um, her name is uh, Michaela Mendelson, and she is a very um, empowering person. I, I Even through the interview that you're going to hear, I myself became empowered by the things that she has done and the things that she plans to do through her work, not only through the Trevor Project, but other initiatives and organizations that she works with. Um, she happens to be an entrepreneur, so she brings to the table on anything that she does, a lot of uh, business experience and working with large groups of people. She happens to own a string of Pollo Loco restaurants. I, I told you I was going to find it. <laughs> I told you I was going to remember it. And um, I just will let her speak for herself um, and, and give you... Um, a lot of information on why she does what she does and, and the things she help, hopes to accomplish through the Trevor Project. So here is my interview previously recorded with Michaela Mendelssohn. It's just a joy to have you on the phone just because, number one, um, you're joining the uh, Trevor Project Board is a wonderful milestone, not only um, for the trans community, but also for the Trevor Project. And um, I'm just... I just want to initially start off with what was your involvement with the Trevor Project before actually joining the board? Well, I, um, really nothing directly. I had friends who were uh, involved with the project. Um, I knew of all the great, of a lot of the great work they were doing. Mm -hmm. And um, when they reached out to me, um, you know, we went through a, a mutual uh, process of getting to know each other for a couple months. Uh, I went to uh, four interviews with different <laughs> members of their team, and um, the more uh, I learned about them, the more impressed I was. I, they're just doing fabulous work, so yeah. I was very excited when I got when I got to come aboard. You know, um, it, it kind of surprised me to, um, to know that you were. Um, the first member from the trans community to be on the board, just knowing that I'm sure that the numbers as far as how many people, how many young people they assist with, um, you know, you know, people trying to commit suicide or harm themselves due to um, being harassed or what have you have to be young people who are um, identifying differently than, um, you know, the gender they were born as. And um, I, I was just shocked that, that you were the first to actually maybe be approached on that. Is, is there a high number of young people who identify as trans who definitely utilize um, the project? Well, yes. Let, let me um, respond to a couple of things you said. Uh, first of all, yes, There's the, the numbers are going up um, proportionate to other mm -hmm. uh, members of the LGBT community. The T uh, calls um, in proportion are increasing. Um, uh, I was a speaker at this year's Transgender Day of Remembrance, and it was uh, very sad when we read the names um, uh, of, of the trans uh, people who committed suicide because <clears throat> most of them were between 14 and 17 years old. Oh. Yes, that's heartbreaking. And, so, uh, and there's been three in San Diego County just in the last couple months, so it's uh, they just held a meeting <clears throat> down there uh, to address it. Mm -hmm. The community is taking it very seriously down there. So the other part of your, of your comment I want to um, respond to is um, it wasn't that Trevor was um, ignoring the trans community. They have trans people on their crisis team. They have trans people on their staff. They have trans people in the Youth Advisory Council. Um, and they were paying a lot of attention to the needs. But um, I do feel <clears throat> a... Um, 
I, I welcome the responsibility that I feel to to represent the trans community and to keep bringing their voice uh, to Trevor in a way that they can better understand, better and better understand, mm-hmm. um, you know, what the needs are and what the triggers are that cause all trans people to, uh, to to be in crisis. Well, you, and you you're really again talking about you welcome the responsibility. I'll even go a step further from what I understand and have been reading is that you're you're one of those type of board members who kind of works in the trenches and not just behind a, a boardroom desk. Um, you know, you're. You know, your <laughs> board definition is more of guidance than um, than participation, but. Uh, it's kind of not my style, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe the CEO um, understands that, and, and she's really pleased that I like being involved. Um, and so it's in the short time I've been there, it's it's a great um, collaboration, and uh, I look forward to making a difference any way I can. Well, there's an initiative I understand that Trevor Project has in regard to um, um, trying to bring the project to many areas in the South, um, which I'm sure, you know, it's understood that there are some, you know, big problems there because that's pretty much the Bible Belt of of the country. Um, can you explain to me kind of what that initiative is and, like, what are you as a board member trying to do to um, have a more of a presence or at least more of an ability to have a presence down in the South? Well, the Southern Initiative is in its early stages. Um, narrowed, uh, we've done a lot of brainstorming sessions and, and uh, narrowed down uh, to uh, a smaller number of the things that we feel are manageable that we can move forward with, and we're going to have another call um, on Friday for, uh, you know, for identifying how we go about that. Um, um, and you're right, it's, it's you know, culturally, um, it's a tough area to get through to. Um, I can tell you that one of the board members is located in Birmingham, Alabama, and <coughs> she says uh, um, she's, she's going up there, and mm-hmm. uh, she's lesbian herself, and um, she um, is, is working with groups of churches, and the churches are opening their, more of the churches, let me say, opening their doors to lesbian gay participants, um, but she's still, we're still hitting roadblocks on trans. Mm-hmm. Uh, their basic comment about trans people at this point is still somewhat archaic. Uh, their, their comment is, God makes no mistakes, so we must be possessed by the devil. Oh wow! Well, as you so, said, those they had very archaic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but uh, uh, a new children's hospital program is going to be opening there for uh, for trans youth in um, in Birmingham, and uh, so it's exciting to uh, to see you know to mm-hmm. have a chance to try to make a difference there, and I know we will. You know, we're gonna. It's gonna be a challenge, and a cha- challenge is uh, kind of my middle name. I've always that's kind of yeah I kind of see here that that's kind of the the road that you are actually on right there challenge the the road of challenges that's that's kind of what we'll we'll call it right now for you Michaela that's kind of that's really kind of now you know I'd love to get a chance I'm hoping to get a chance to do some speaking in the south and and of course that's that'll be a lot more interesting than speaking mm-hmm. here in California where I speak often um, because, uh, you know, of the cultural divide. But, um, right. I, that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be interesting because it's, it's nice to have an opportunity to open hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you're also involved outside of Trevor um, Project in um, another coalition um, which develops um, more employment opportunities for um, trans people, and but your involvement with the board has actually um, made a way for the Trevor Project to be a part of that coalition. First of all, I just want to ask you about the coalition, um, and if you can tell me a little bit more about that, and then um, go into how Trevor is now a part of this coalition and what they're trying to do as far as employment opportunities for trans people within them. Well, I, I hope you'll be hearing um, more and more about it. Uh, in, the, in the future, um, that too is in somewhat early stages. Um, uh, the initials 
excuse me, our CTWP, which stands for California Trans Workplace Project. And our mission is uh, for California to become a truly friendly trans workplace mm -hmm. and to use California as a model for the rest of the country. And so we're, we're putting together uh, an agenda for that and all the right members of our team uh, with different skill sets to, um, to go out and approach that. Um, this started about, uh, the idea started for me four years ago when I hired my first trans employee. I, I own a, a group of restaurants and we had hired uh, our first uh, trans woman employee about four years ago. And when I sat down with her and found out her story of how in the previous chain she had worked with, she was forced to use the, um, uh, the men's bathroom, even though she clearly identified as a woman. Mm -hmm. And that was against California law, but, you know, this uh, restaurant owner either didn't know or didn't care about the law. And she was sexually molested in the men's room. Um, they then told her that she could go use the women's room and there was no woman in there. Uh, although one day a woman walked in behind her to use another stall and the woman's husband uh, complained and they pushed the manager to fire her, which they did. Um, so it's funny how... And those aren't uncommon. That's not an uncommon story, we know. Yeah. You know, that's, not, that's, that's the sad part is that this story, as you are telling it, sounds so... Yeah. Kind of like bizarre. You and I are saying that is like the dumbest thing that anybody could ever put upon somebody. You know, for the reasons that they're putting. And then, but yeah, it's 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 a widespread story that we could go from California to any state, and those and trans people have experienced that. Well, you know, a a, uh, um, a uh, politician in Virginia uh, this week has. Uh, is attempting to introduce legislation in Virginia uh, that uh, trans people would be um, forced to, to to show their genitals before going through the restroom. Oh God, that is just. I mean, so it is. It's, it's, it is bizarre. It's hard for you and I and many others listening to your station as rational, uh, caring human beings to understand how someone could think that way, but they do. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is well. Well, thank, thankfully, you know this coalition that you're working on and in, in, in trying to um, uh, definitely get momentum in making some changes in that, particularly in California, um, and that hopefully that people can utilize maybe uh, your coalition as a model from state to state. Um, and, and you know, because to me, it takes things like coalitions like this. Um, uh, or even uh, the initiative like Trevor Project is doing for the South. It takes those types of things for um, the politicians to get behind eventually to make things more mandated from a legal standpoint as opposed to driven by, you know what I mean? Um, but we don't see it very often. It, it's, it's a rare that we get so many people to be involved with things like that because it is a process. It's not something like, oh, I'm going to get a group of people together and we're going to make uh, big dents in this this situation immediately. It is a process and you got to got to think long term in the long haul and it seems like you've been somewhat um, used to being involved with uh, getting involved on the ground level and seeing things through, though it may take two, three years to actually get a running, you know, get it going up and running, but you've got to stick with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, along the way, you know, we'll work closely with organizations like the Transgender Law Center. Mm -hmm. You know, it does also take, you know, a legal hammer sometimes, and that and that becoming public, uh, that side of it needs to, to move forward as well. But you know, we hope from our side we can just open hearts and minds and create an understanding. But but um, I'm using my company as a success model. I have ten trans employees now that are, are doing fabulously. Uh, since we hired the one, we've now got ten. Four have made it into management, and. Um, we get more compliments on our trans employees than my other 200 employees. Wow. And, um, <laughs> so we're going to do a, a video, a little small little documentary, mm -hmm. seasonal type of thing on that, and bring it out to uh, businesses and chambers and, and you know, promote 
trans employment as a positive thing because in this country, uh, employment is getting scarcer and employment um, sources are getting scarcer and scarcer for companies. Yeah. They need to reach out more to the uh, to the LGBT community for, for, for employment. Now, what about uh, one thing I want to hit upon on this um the Trans Employment Coalition to ask you before I let you go is um, within this coalition or is there any discussion on ways to provide training or at least some education to employers about some of the um, really specific and special needs that um, may need to be considered um, with hiring trans people uh, and, and I say that kind of, I don't know any other way to kind of describe it, because I think even though they may be special needs, there really are not huge magnitude, hard, large cost type of things. And I think sometimes employers have a misunderstanding of what may be needed in order to bring um, on board someone that's not like everyone else. Um, we have a couple of people uh, on our coalition who have experienced in, in that, mm-hmm. and uh, such as uh, Drian Juarez uh, from the LA LGBT Center heads up their trans employment empowerment program mm-hmm. and she, she's worked a lot with companies on what you might call trans 101 presentations mm-hmm. and helping companies um, develop the right protocols and, and sensitivity training so that people can transition successfully in the workplace or a trans person can come into the workplace and be treated properly um, so We'll have expertise in that area to help companies through those, uh, you know, any of those uh, issues. Yeah, great. That's great to hear. Um, I really, I appreciate your time so much. This has been so, the information that you've spoken about in regard to the Trevor Project and um, a couple of other initiatives, the initiative that you're involved with in the South and your um, trans employment coalition has been invaluable. I think um, a lot of listeners are going to get a a lot of information uh, from this. Oh, that's great. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and to reach out to others. And, um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to this year as a year for a lot of progress. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing um, toward all of this. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank Michaela for being on the show here. It's everything so wonderful um, to hear wonderful work going on out there, gang. Don't you? Don't you agree? Um, so hopefully you learned a little bit there. Definitely look into the Trevor Project um, for more information on how you may be able to get involved with what they're doing. Um, and you heard about some of the initiatives that they're putting forth. Um, uh, as well. So thank you again, Michaela. And we're going to be going to a commercial break. And when we come back, I'll be joined by two wonderful gentlemen, Anthony Wayne and Kendrell Bowman, who are the creators and producers of Mighty Real. Mighty Real is fabulous Sylvester musical. And we'll be right back with those two. I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years and uh, over the past couple of months I just opened up my club Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need to, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. 
I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people, and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity. And, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for Spotlight you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together we'll go far. All right, all right. Way to come back to a new segment with a little bit of music that I'm sure you recognize. That is You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. Now, of course, that was originally done by the one, the only, Sylvester. But there is a wonderful musical out there that's been um, actually in existence for about, I think, about three years. We'll find out in just a second. But the musical is Mighty Real, a fabulous Sylvester musical. And I happen to have the creators and the producers on the line right now. I have Anthony Wayne and Kendrell Bowman. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing? Oh, fine, fine. It has been like forever since I've actually spoken to you all. I know, right? Well, last year, just let's just bring everybody up to speed for those out there who may not be aware. But last year here in San Francisco, we were blessed to have uh, the premiere of your San Francisco showing or viewing of Mighty Real um, in February, almost almost about a year ago to the date um, that you'll be coming back yeah. here. But um, and during that time, you were here for like I think three weeks. And during that time, I just think that San Francisco actually had an opportunity to, to embrace you all um, doing the show, but also embrace, once again, Sylvester and his legacy. And um, I think I speak for everyone who saw the show last year that you guys did such a great job of capturing um, Sylvester's life the significance of his life and his life in such a short amount of time, because there's a lot of music in the show, of course, it's a musical, but we were able to actually, through the dialogue, actually um, follow along fairly well through his life. And I know back from the history of how this all started, but of course not everyone out there does. So I'm going to ask you to recant once again, because I know you probably have, do, have done this for so long. When, did, number one, did this whole idea for you all um, come about because I know um, Anthony, you are a Broadway star. I know I, I know of your works on Broadway, which are very vast. And Kendrell, I know that you are amongst many things, but a celebrity stylist. You've done a lot of um, styling work for many celebrities on both the West and the East Coast. So how did this whole thing about let's get together and do a Sylvester tribute come about? <laughs> well, well, this is Anthony. Oh. Go ahead, Kendrell. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, by the way, Anthony and Kendrell are partners in life, so you know we gonna hear a lot of that. Okay, go ahead, baby. We gonna hear a lot of that on the phone. So I'm just saying. <laughs> you you go ahead. All right. Well, this is Anthony. There was a there was an incredible documentary called uh, Unsung on TV One, and they do this they, every year. They do a show. I mean, every year they have a season where they have a specific number of people that they celebrate who they feel like have been unsung or people that they, mm -hmm. the people who aren't really known anymore. And so in 2010, they did an episode on Sylvester and I saw his episode and I was like, wow, his life is so incredible. And the way that he really uh, was a pioneer to be who he wanted to be regardless of any situation was truly inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. And so in 2011, Kendrell and I uh, met and I was doing the show on Broadway at the time. And the idea about this had kind of been bumping around um, 
you know, because uh, Kendra saw the show too, and I, uh, the TV show, and mm-hmm. I remember saying, "Wow, somebody should do something about his life story." And so mm-hmm. I was telling him like the ideas or what have you, and he was like, "You know, let's just do it together." Mm-hmm. So we started creating, putting out together ideas, and did like a one night concert. You know, it was like this huge, incredible show that people were so, you know, affected. So there you go, basically, in a nutshell. Yeah, and now Kendrell, now you you actually now for those who also don't know, Anthony uh, Wayne plays Sylvester on stage, and has an mm-hmm. ensemble of singers and dancers with him, as well as a live band. I mean, this 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 show, and we'll get more into th- that in a little bit, is really a concert theater production. It's a, it's so much stuff wrapped into one. But Kendrell, you are kind of. The man who holds all the glue together behind the scenes. You, 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 you design the costumes. I, I'm sure you are the man with the ruler at rehearsals. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, you, you all of that. You know, you, you really are the man who, you know, because cause we know how, we know how we artistic people can be, honey. And you know, we got all these creative ideas, but somebody's got to be there to kind of hone everybody in and get it all together and write the script and get all us on point. And that's kind of the role. I see that I think that you've played and I just want to know kind of like is this the first time that you have done that and um, how was it in your mind thinking okay I can tackle this thing um, being that it's either my first or you know I'm, I'm a neophyte in this and not have, have a lot of experience doing that how did you kind of feel about let's really do this well for me um, I was passionate about it for one mm-hmm. you know and luckily, I had uh, managerial experience for, in my whole career, mm-hmm. you know, for years. So I was used to leading a team. And like you said, it's kind of different when you're dealing with a bunch of creative individuals. <laughs> you know, so you have a lot of different personalities that you have to deal with. But I was passionate about it, and they all are talented. You know, everyone on our cast and our band, they've been with us for the past three years. And for me, you know, I'm happy to be able to not only be producing this show, but being able to direct this show. This is my first time directing it. And, you know, we were nominated, you know, for the best musical here in New York for the Off-Broadway Alliance League. So I'm glad that some people like what we created in how we're directing the show. But it's a challenge at times. But, you know, they make it easy because I'm the type of director. I don't try to... Um, Yes, I do have my vision, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm kind of stuck in my vision, but I like to hear what, you know, other people's ideas to see if it may work, you know, mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, they're playing it, but I still need to make it, uh, sometimes, you know, the eyes off the stage, because sometimes, you know, people can be in their feelings, or they may feel something, and I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Exactly. And in real life, I'm kind of a... You know, yeah. I'm kind of a hard, I won't say I'm a hard ass in real life, but, you know, I'm, I, 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 I try to give you what the people want, you know? Right. I have come from a, not just theater people, but just people in the whole. Right. You know, right. want to feel feeling and, you know? And that, and that's, yeah. a, and that's, a, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up, Kendra, because this show, even though it is a theatric piece, it is really a story that even those who um, aren't, theater goers, musical goers that are definitely walk away with something, right. something they have an experience that is real and they don't ever have to right. go to another show again in life, but they definitely can go to this and not, you know, if they don't, if they're not a, a, a person who has, um, uh, you know, the, normally go to theater, they definitely go should go theater, and see yeah. this. Um, now, this didn't start off um, in the, the form it is now. Um, you originally kind of mm-hmm. just started this out as kind of a concert, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is Anthony. When, when, when I initially uh, was on Broadway doing a few shows, there was like a structure of uh, concert style that I started writing. Mm-hmm. And um, when the idea about Sylvester started popping up, I was like, oh, it'd be great for someone to do a concert version of his show, or like a song and things like that. So I kind of structured it in that way and kind of started writing his his story out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that's kind of pretty much the format it was in initially. And then as Kendra and I started creating even more, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And we started to, to especially having the girls, because I was in Priscilla Queen of the Desert at the time, 
and we saw Jack Jacqueline B. Arnold and Anastasia McCleskey. And who are absolutely fabulous. They are just absolutely... Yeah, I mean, you guys all together are just wonderful, but I mean, uh, you couldn't have had two better... You couldn't have a better cast, period. That's all I got to say. I'm sorry. I didn't Thank mean to interrupt. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of fun. Right. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just always, you know, I got to give props for props for due. Um, so then, so then, so when did you kind of think about expanding it from, because what I'm assuming then is that you had to actually, A, add more songs, and to B, probably uh -huh. add more dialogue. Um, and, and more dialogue that kind of made sense from, because you start this show, it is chronological, and it goes from beginning to an end. Um, so when did it kind of, <clears throat> you kind of get the idea after doing the show several times as a concert to say, hey, let's venture this out into more of a, a true theater production? I think for me, it's Kendrell. Um, as just a business person, all these shows that we were doing were selling out. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, what are we doing? You know, and it's for people who, who who are not familiar with producing, producing a show by yourself is a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of money. So, you know, we were finding ourselves being successful doing it just for these one-night shows. We said, why won't we just expand this and make it a big thing? But mm -hmm. for my personal reasons being, it to me, it was always started out to be, it was always going to be a big show because I knew Anthony he was on Broadway, and he was used to always being uh, like the sidekick in the show the, or in the ensemble, but not really being noticed, and people really didn't get to see his talent full on like I've seen. So this was going to, for me, to be his gateway in to, you know, one day getting the Tony Award. Mm -hmm. So that's how we expand oh. mo more and more with the show. Even when we're coming back to San Francisco next month, we've ex added more songs. We've added more uh, costumes. We added a new set. We've added mm -hmm. uh, more dialogue and story. So it's so much. It's a whole different show than you've seen before, BB. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I... Well, it's going to be like a new experience we for like, me. Yeah, we were able to, you know, after that, we continued to meet his family, continued to meet his, Sylvester's friends, and just have conversations with great people who gave us their blessing mm -hmm. to be able to, to do it. Because we do it with, with taste, we do it with gratitude, we do it with hope, and, you know, we're just so happy to, that everybody has enjoyed the experience that we've given them, you know? So now we want to take it to Broadway, and that's the plan. Oh, I yeah, and and we'll and we'll talk about that because I know that has been a long um, uh, fundraising journey for you all, as well as to raise the money mm -hmm. to um, to actually take it to Broadway. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, um, I did want to talk about the songs that you were talking about. I know you added some now, but the additions of songs that you had to do the first time around from the concert to. Um, the actual theater-type production, because I think a lot of people would think, okay, there's a wealth of songs that Sylvester has, but, um, you know, is there enough to carry a whole show? And I know what you guys did, if I'm not mistaken, is you kind of drew off of some of the people who inspired Sylvester, some of the artists, and pulled their songs, as well as songs that, you know, he did in his concert that weren't his. There definitely were those, but now we have additional songs that were actually Sylvester songs that we put in uh, that we can't tell you. We got it's a surprise, but um, it's, it's so gonna be, good. I'm so happy. It's so everything. The whole structure of everything is gonna be so cool. But we do have additional songs from other artists that he was inspired by, you know, and and so it all kind of comes together. Mm. But the new songs are uh, the new songs are all. Well, no, I can't say that. Well, yeah, it's a more of Sylvester catalog that's going to be in the show. And but you know what we have to do? We have to make sure that things fit and make sense. And, you know, we we're very we treat the show very like delicately, like a flower. So we don't want to just throw things in there. Things have to make sense, and everything has to be cohesive, and it has to flow naturally. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the song choices that we've added, included with the more story that we added um, after being there in San Francisco. We got to speak to more of his family and went to L.A. And it was very, and, um, you know, very inf inf informative for us. So all that mm -hmm. to reflect into our show. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just really grateful for the people 
for the people who are connected to us, even through our social media, through, through fabulousinvestor.com. People have gone online, and we've written to them when our people have signed up and been able to connect with us and to ask them, what are your favorite songs? Mm-hmm. And they're all chime back and say, oh, this is my favorite song, and this is my favorite song. So we, we, wrote, a, yeah. we, wrote, we wrote them all out and listed them to see which one was the best one that everybody liked and which one made sense, which one worked. And, you know, we just stay connected like that through social media especially. Well, one of the ones, I mean, one of the things that I kind of like and got from the show was the ability to hear you sing, Anthony, because I think so many people who do know of you back on the East Coast and your work on Broadway really visualize you more as a dancer, I'm, I'm assuming, um, because everything that I've seen yes. of you before, I've always seen on the, you know, I happen to go to those little Broadway uh, video bar shows where we all sing all the Broadway tunes, and I've seen you on some of the videos <laughs> on, and, and it's like, you know, you're there doing your little tap and your everything else, but yeah. to hear you yeah. sing... And to sing Sylvester music in the range of your voice just is flooring. I think I remember the first night I saw it. I I saw it on opening night here in San Francisco. And I looked around as you Mm -hmm. opened your mouth. And people who either knew Sylvester back in the day or were very familiar with his music were just blown away. Mm, Wow. I'm I'm just very, thank you for that. I'm very grateful that, you know, that things have, have uh, been the way they are and that this show is here and that we were able to create it, you know, to for me to be able to have a voice in this way, you know, I'm very, very, very grateful. And I feel like, like I'm a vessel. That's what it is, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to just letting people see Sylvester's life story. And so I just, I don't think anything happens for, I think everything happens for a reason. And, um, and so to be able to do my passion to sing and to just live on stage as opposed to just be seen as a dancer, you know, I'm really grateful for that. And, and Kendrell as well, because I think, you know, it comes to what, when it comes to people who believe in you and see what you don't see initially, it's like, you know, you just kind of have to start finding yourself and things like that. But I'm grateful for this whole experience and my whole Broadway career too. So. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just like, I'm excited about the people who will come and experience it now what we've done. Well, I'm going to take a quick little break and I hope that you guys can stay with me because I want to visit with you a little bit about the dialogue that you've created in this show and how emotional it is for your audience to um, uh, listen and view that piece. And also, um, Kendra, you're writing a book and I want to visit with you about that a, a little bit. But we're going to take a quick little break and when we come back, we'll be back with Anthony Wayne and Kendra Bowman who are creators and producers of Mighty Real, a fabulous Sylvester musical. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face with today's thought leaders.
Well, hello, 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 and welcome back. If you just joined us, you are now listening to It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. And we are the Sunday segment every week of the Michelle Meow Show. And with me, we've been talking with, speaking with, and we're going to continue with Anthony Wayne and Kendrell Bowman, who are the creators and producers of Mighty Real, Real, a fabulous Sylvester musical, which will be joining us again on a second trip here, second journey in San Francisco. I do believe opening night is February 16th, or is that 17th? Which one is it, guys? No, previous, previous start on the 17th, uh-huh. and um, opening night, the big opening night is on the 20th of February. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, on the, on the, on the, and then you have a, a kind of a special uh, performance, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, on February 18th. But I wanted to kind of continue what we were talking about um, before the commercial break about the, the dialogue and how emotional because i i expected to go to the show and hear great music i I had already done my homework and and listened to some of the tracks on the original cast soundtrack that's out there and and some of the clips you know you have tons of clips on on youtube so i was ready to sit there and be blown away by the music but i was not prepared to be blown away by the dialogue of the story. And so I wanted to know, um, uh, and Kendrell, you might be the one to throw this question to, is how did you come up with, you know, like knowing, um, not having any real um, what do you, uh, consult, consultant to kind of fall back on, I don't think. How did you kind of know how to put some of this dialogue together in telling of the story, um, his relationships, his working with the record label, um, um, him becoming ill, uh, all those things. How did you kind of come up with that? Because it really affects, affects the audience. Actually, that was all of Anthony's work. Um, Anthony wrote the, wrote the show, and then, you know, he, we're, after he writes everything, he may come to me, you know, and then mm-hmm. we're, you know, clean it up, shred it down some. Because sometimes it may be too much, and then, you know, sometimes it's not enough, but he does all the research. Anthony does all the research and, you know, writes everything. And it's my job to, like, you know, just make it fit right, well, you know? Well, Anthony, then how, how did you come up with the, 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 the emotion part of this piece? That's what I guess I'm trying to get at. Well, I think we all, in some way, shape, or form, go through life wanting to be... Um, wanting to be seen, heard, and loved. Mm -hmm. And Sylvester was one of those people who definitely did that and wanted that, but the way that he expressed himself was in in a way that was universal. Mm -hmm. But he actually stepped outside the box at a time where people weren't doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, nowadays you have so many people who where individuality is, is, is a plus, it's a joy, it's like everybody's happy that you have a voice and you're able to be who you want to be, and you have the freedom. And at that time, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were in jail. A lot of people were killed. A lot of people were were, were shunned because of uh, just being gay or for um, for having a saying or wanting to be a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. And um, Sylvester went through certain situations in his life where he was like, no, I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to be this person that you want me to be. Because if I don't live my life to the fullest and be myself, who else can I be? Mm-hmm. And he didn't know that when he had that kind of fervor, that he was trailblazing away for people like Paul, for people like Adam Lambert, for people like, you know... B.B. Sweetbriar. Like <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't be walking exactly. in my truth if I hadn't um, right. had the ability to have Sylvester walk before me. Yeah, and so and so so I, I I celebrate that, and I think that's what really reached out to me when we watched, you know, Unsung. Um, and so I'm grateful for that program. I really am. Mm-hmm. And so from that program, like I said, we were able to myself and Kendrell as well. We were both were able to speak to his family and speak to his friends and his managers, and even coming over there and being in the cast or doing, you know, just walking around and going to the place where he used to live, and all those experiences helped me develop the language of how the experience should be from his perspective 
through the words mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. So it's very from it's very from his, it's, out, it's from his words from his mouth telling you. But now we've created the show in a way where it's an experience of um, not just him talking, but him singing, and you actually having these moments on stage. It's like a personal conference of conversation with him yeah and so we wanted to bring that out so well you definitely do that you definitely yeah did you did you were you guys kind of shocked that there were still so many people around here in san francisco that had personal knowledge of and relationships with um sylvester well i um this is too we knew that was going to happen, mm-hmm. but we didn't know it was that bad. You know, we have our um, our little jackets that we wear when we're on tour. It says Mighty Real, Fabulous Sylvester Musical on the back of their jackets. And I kid you not, we can't even go to the store without someone saying or telling us a story or something about Sylvester. Mm-hmm. So it was like, wow. You know, I guess because we live in New York City and, you know, we think it's so big. And even San Francisco, it was a large it's a big city, but I guess everyone knows or knew, like, Sylvester. I guess he was that liked and loved in that city. That, well, it's, you know, it's kind of... It's kind of... With everyone. And it's kind of funny because you know how sometimes, you know, we look at our youngsters um, coming up and we throw some of our history at them and they have no idea who we're, what we're talking about. You know, it's like, whether it be, I mean, the other day somebody, I had to explain who Harvey Milk was and I was just about ready to slap him. But, um, but right. a lot of people I'll, I'll mention, sometimes I'll mention Sylvester the name and they'll kind of give me that look like I'm not quite sure I know who you're talking about. But as soon as I mention his music, if I say Mighty Real right. or Do You Want a Funk or they'll be like, oh, yeah, I know Sylvester, that's all, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> you know, they know right away because his music was like that. And I, his music just grab, grabbed you. And I kid you not, I remember on the, it was an anniversary of his death that I uh, happened to be asked to do a performance somewhere here in the city. And it was a few years ago, but it was an anniversary of his, of his death and, or, you know, memorial of his death. And, um, and I got to perform, and I, I was performing, and I, I think I blacked out or something because I was possessed by him. I kid you not. I know this sounds weird, mm-hmm. but Anthony, you might be able to relate. I just felt like something took over my body, and I just was doing mm-hmm. stuff that was not in my normal character of performance, but it was in Sylvester's normal character performance, and I carried that off. And I, I don't, to this day, I do not know how that happened, what happened, or whatever. But through the music, I felt that I got that spirit. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what his music does to everybody. And so you remember it. You just remember it. I don't care how old or how young you are. You just remember that. And, um, and he had that power, which is really what you guys bring to life again when you perform his music on stage, because you guys feel it. You feel it. Everybody from the, the drummer hitting the drums to, you know, everybody singing <laughs> on the... Y'all, I can, I'm sitting there watching. I can see it. You guys are feeling... This, this music means something more than just a performance to you. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're very right. It's, it's, we're very really passionate about it. It's like, you know... It's a lot of work, but we don't feel like sometimes it's a lot of work mm-hmm. uh, because we enjoy doing it. You know, we enjoy working with each other. Um, the, and then what we're discussing and trying to get across is so rewarding. Where were we on Thanksgiving? Was it Christmas? No, Christmas. Was it Christmas, Anthony, where we were? I can't oh, Yeah, uh, Christmas. We were at one of my friend's house here in New York, and her uncle oh, was on yeah, the couch. Yeah. Her uncle was on the couch, and he was asleep. Okay, mm-hmm. and we were just telling them about our show. You know, they, you know, some of them heard about it, and some of them haven't. And then the guy was asleep, and we played um, when we had an episode of Unsung. We had our own episode of Unsung mm-hmm. they did for us, and they heard that he heard Mighty Real come on. The man woke up out of his sleep, and he's like, started so looking around, like, wait a minute, what's going on? Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Is that mm-hmm. you? And it's just, it's just so funny. And that's what keeps us going because you see his music, like you said, B.B., is so uh, universal and it connects with all age groups. It's just feel-good music. It makes people 
just you know love life again or something. Oh yeah, spiritual almost. It, well, and yeah. and that's and that's what, and that's what he was all about is you know the spirit. He did have a a very deep gospel background and. Um, and that comes through definitely in his music. Now, um, you, Kendrell, you hit upon this earlier as far as like producing uh, the show and what it takes, and and you've put together your experience of doing this production, and in, in, you're putting it in words for others out there to read and hopefully be inspired to yeah. do to do the same. Well, let's talk about your book. What's the name of your book, and and how's it coming along, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, my book is called um, How to Produce a Show from Your Couch. Okay. And, I, right. and that's how it started, from my couch, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's How to Produce a Show from Your Couch. And the book is a, is a how-to guide on how to produce a show, not the, just the stereotypical way uh, um, of how to do it. Because when I first started doing this show, I bought a book, which is very helpful for to me, but it was very hard to read. It was very speaking in like you know legal terms. And right. Calling the lawyer. What does this? Mean? The jargon. The mean? jargon wasn't the. Yeah. You yeah. got to be familiar with the jargon. Yeah. Right. And then you know in the book I share. I tell you how to do it, and I give you many different options of doing everything. Even when it comes to finding a lawyer, when it comes to um, having auditions, when it comes to like finding general managers, just different things. I'm telling you how to, but also I'm giving you my experience on things that I've done. I'm sharing my mistakes that I've done, ways, like, you know, the simple things, even like how to create create an LLC company. Mm-hmm. You know, most people say, oh, I'm going to go to the lawyer. have the lawyer create it. Mind you, but that's a whole lot of money that you have to pay for. Right. But you also can take the route to go to LegalZoom and pay that for a small mm-hmm. fee, or you can just contact your state that you live in yourself and fill out the article. Fill the form, right, right. Right. See, I, I just like to I give you all these examples because, you know, everyone has different type of personalities and what they feel comfortable in to how to produce a show. So I take you a step-by-step on this journey, and I give you my experiences and my opinions of how to produce a show and also how to make money. At the same time. Well, that's a, that's the a main key, right? Because we, we, we got to eat and pay rent. But um, now, is the book already mm-hmm. out, or is there a scheduled date for it to be released? Uh, what month are we in now? We're in We were trying to have this done before we got to San Francisco. But mind you, since we added so much stuff into this show, and, you know, we're building this new set and all these things, I'm going to push it back a little bit until... Uh, very much. After we get back from San Francisco. Okay. Because um, I wanted to have it right. And mind you, I want to have some great photo covers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we know, we know, because you're the stylist. It got to look good. Uh, yeah. The cover got to look good. Mm-hmm. Now, when you are here, we do. I we were talking about briefly, um, I hit upon that. One of the, your nights is actually a benefit night on February, during the first week is uh, February 18th is... Um, a ben- you're you're performing the show uh, as you normally do, but it is a benefit show for um, the AIDS Emergency Fund, which is one of the benefactors um, um, of Sylvester's um, royalties that he left to Royalty. both both mm-hmm. to AEF right. and um, I think um, um, Project Open Hand um, is the other um, yeah. who also serves meals and and whatnot for those who are. And, and unable to prepare and get their own groceries um, with HIV and AIDS. So, um, so this benefit show is going to be, like I said, it's, going to, it's a regular show. The public can definitely go to it, but it is for a cause. And then there's an after party or a gala party afterwards that um, the public can also go to. And 100% of the ticket sales go to um, AEF, and that's just wonderful. And I, I, I can't applaud you all enough to... Um, you know, agreeing and coming on board with AEF to do this because, um, you know, um, I know Sylvester, um, you know, without AEF, he may not have been able to be around as long as he was once that he got ill. Mm -hmm. And he definitely, um, you know, showed that by leaving 
everything, all his royalties to those two places. So um, that's really great, and I'm glad you guys are doing it, and I, and I applaud you for that. So those of you are out there, if you do have a day that you're kind of contemplating going to, if that's a possibility, I, I want to throw out there that you go ahead and buy your ticket for that day. Now, you do buy tickets for at www.brava.org, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, .org. And um, and they're on sale now. Uh, they've been on sale for quite some time. So we're we're hoping that you'll sell out again, and you'll have packed houses wow. the entire time. Now, when is the actual last day of performance this Which time? March thirteenth. Okay, so it's it's actually almost exactly a month. Um, so you guys definitely do have time to see it. But I'm gonna tell you right now, mm -hmm. folks, you're gonna want to see it more than once this is not i gotta see All it one right. time it's gonna get you're gonna want to bring everybody you know so you're gonna see it three or four times before it is gonna, right, <laughs> gonna, gonna, gonna sell out fast now i know they get they they are you know so definitely hop on this and i know so many people who are so are kicking themselves that they miss it the first time and they are so happy that you're coming back so they can get a chance to see this um so i want to you know i have to I, have to say this I have to say this really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I, as you were talking about the, emergency, the AIDS Emergency Fund, um, one of our co-producers is Shirley Ralph. Dream Girls mm -hmm. diva Cheryl Lee Ralph. And yeah, we actually are doing this with her foundation. It's called the Deep Foundation. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the great things as you got as you were speaking about the music being like you know incredible is we do give you the story, but we also talk about the epidemic and what happened during that time period. Mm -hmm. So it was really great for us to be able to be powerful in that way too you know um, right so we we promote so we definitely promote you know the AIDS emergency fund we promote the diva foundation and we just want to raise awareness so that people can know what's going on because that's what it's about you know with sylvester right was, before he passed he was a a, 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 yeah, a very big activist know what was going on yes and so, uh, uh, and shirley so, ralph knew and knew him to go across the board and shirley yeah. ralph knew sylvester mm -hmm. so um and definitely was um, a prominent performer during the time we were losing so many people to um, AIDS. So um, definitely a, a wonderful. Definitely did not. Uh, definitely did not intend to leave my diva friend out of this conversation, honey. Because oh, you know, you know, when I get home, I was gonna get it. So um, no. Um, so I look forward to <laughs> definitely see um, all of you when you come back here next month. I, I'm just tickle pink. So. For all you guys out there, again, it is um, Mighty Real, a fabulous Sylvester musical. You are going to hear great music, and you're going to see a great show, and you're going to get a great story done by fabulous performers. I want to thank you guys so much for being on the show. Go to www.brava.org for your tickets. You can also go to, what is your guys' website? Fabulous it's fabulous .com. So fabulous not only to learn more about the show, but also there's a lot of uh, merchandise you can get. You can buy the CD um, or the um, digital download for the music. So familiarize yourself with what you're getting ready to hear. But I want to thank you guys for being on the right. show so much. I can't wait to see you guys when you get here. And I want to thank you, the audience out there, for listening. And we're going to close the show out by listening to another song um, uh, by Anthony Wayne and his cast. We're going to go out with Do You Want a Funk? And we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.
funk. And I want you to ask me, do I want to funk? Because I know we got a lot of funky people in here. Uh-huh. Now, do you want to funk? 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 